welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trish. I'm David Schaub. I'm Alan Yu. And today we are discussing the season five, episode 19, Abrupt Finale, Immortal Combat. And David, why don't you remind us what happened? Lex visits Leviathan, stops Gemma from killing two billion people, steals a bottle of elemental benders, but fails to have Leviathan kill Supergirl for him. Alex gets a new costume, but no mask. She's mastered her weapon, but has doubts. Magan gives Dreamer some good relationship advice. John and Magan are supergirls for a while and fight lots. Dreamer starts paying attention to her brainy dreams, but is it too late? Brainy tries sacrificing himself to beat Lex by bottling Leviathan and saving the day, but he's still being duped. Lena apologizes lots to Kara, makes Kara a new suit, lies to William for her, stops Akrata from killing her, and finally achieves Lena Demption with Kara's forgiveness. William gets shot by Eve, who tells everyone about Gemma. Andrea doesn't kill Supergirl as ordered, and doesn't know how close she came to killing two billion people. Kelly breaks into Obsidian North and really likes Alex's costume. Kara gives a fine speech and slaps Leviathan around a bit. Gemma generally has a bad day and goes all robot at the end. And we still don't know who her boss is. And we don't know whether Brainy is going to make it through to next season or not. He looked in pretty bad shape. When watching this the first time, I so believed that Brainy was going to die. Up until the point where Lex comes and says, Oh, I've actually duped you again. Mm-hmm. At which point, no, there's no way. They're not going to have Brainy be duped and duped and duped and reduced to his 12th level intellect stupidity. They can't end him on that. I'm very confident. He just can't die because he needs a win. More of a win than he got in this episode. I certainly hope you're right. <laughs> For a really smart person, <laughs> Brainy is very predictable. And so Lex had no challenge predicting what Brainy was going to do. It's just a wonder that Brainy didn't realize that himself. Yeah, and he's a nice character. I liked him early on, and he made sort of a nice team with everyone else and with Dreamer. So yeah, hopefully he gets the second round. I you know hope there's more for him to do and that he doesn't stay to only either being the butt of the fish out of water jokes or being the person that Lex pulls one over on constantly. Mm-hmm. The pawn of Lex. I do buy that Brainy being logical might be predictable because he does what makes sense. And at least he does clearly act faster than Lex expected. He does pull off just a little bit in saving his friends from all being murdered. Mm. And there's something there. Like his sacrifice, even if he dies, is not without some benefit. He did accomplish something. I just think they didn't show him dying. It's really unlikely. I think we need to see him beat Lex. And I was glad that uh, Nia Dreamer was finally talked into paying attention to her dreams by McGon, but she obviously should have done that earlier. But at the same time, I can understand that she just thought it was anxiety and sadness about her breakup with Brainy intruding itself into her important dreams instead of realizing that the situation with Brainy actually was an important thing that she needed to pay attention to. As you've stated before, she needs practice with her dream interpretation. Mm -hmm. But it does, I agree, thematically make sense that she was behind. And I really quite liked McGann's scene with her, given the complexity of her early relationship with John. I thought that worked fairly well. Yes. So a lot of things with complex relationships going on in this episode. 
The primary one, of course, for me, being the continuing ongoings of the Lena and Kara relationship. And I was glad that um, they ended up working together well, but I was shouting at the screen when Supergirl was uh, rejecting Lena's apology and saying, I made one mistake, one, and I was shouting back over and over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And saying that she did it only to protect Lena still strikes me as a little self-serving, even if Korra honestly believes that herself. It's an ongoing character flaw of Korra's that she's a bit hypocritical. Hypocritical. But at least I think they're finally moving past that. She might be a little hypocritical, too. <laughs> Lena Demption. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long coming. I almost had in my notes the line, Kara has forgotten not telling Lena because she was too scared to. And your point is the other one, is that it's not like she just made the mistake once. But the real problem was she never never tried to fix it. And that had nothing to do with protecting Lena because she was willing to do it and put Lena at risk. That wasn't the reason she kept not telling her. She kept not telling her because she was too scared to. And I'll grant Kara, Lena's actions are probably worse. Kara did something questionable to try and avoid conflict. This is not optimal. Lena was kind of trying to take over the world. There's a scale difference there. So I can kind of cope with how the episode frames this Mm -hmm. because really I think Lena does have more to apologize here. But yes, it was far too one-sided from my perspective. Yeah, I again have said that I would like more time for Lena and Kara to talk about what happened. And while I'm glad that this actually did happen, it ultimately rang a little bit hollow and unsatisfying the way it was done partly because i think the thing with kara is that it's kind of like how once you you know lie once then you have to keep digging yourself in deeper and deeper and then so she just has to keep not telling lena over and over again and so she's dug herself into a hole so deep that it becomes very painful to get herself out of it but the other thing is that the way it was resolved seemed to boil down to Kara yelling at Lena for a while and then Lena backing off where I thought that there could have been and and again you know granted what David and Trish you both pointed out that you know Lena has done more bad things but I thought and I can't right now propose an, an alternative but I thought that there could have been a better discussion rather than just Lena has done more bad things, therefore Kara has the moral high ground, therefore Lena will just back down. I would argue, hmm, to me, this episode worked really well. I was happy with this episode because I don't think Kara can really stay mad at people very well. She's just not very good at that. It isn't Kara's way. (laughs) As soon as Lena turned, it was going to not take Kara very long to accept it. I think holding out for the entire episode was actually pretty impressive for Kara. (laughs) So I didn't have any problem with this episode where I thought the turn and the Lena Demption was a bit weak, was really in the previous episode where we saw Lena fail and then she is now fully on Kara's side and takes Kara's yelling entirely without response. Maybe she should have responded, maybe there should have been a debate, but it is the change on Lena's side that I felt was too quick in the previous episode. In this episode, I absolutely buy that Kara just can't hold off wanting to hug her friends. (laughs) She didn't quite hug her in this episode. 
Uh, maybe we'll see that next. It worked well for me in this episode. And there were definitely things that I liked a lot in this episode. I enjoyed the part where we had three different threads uh, of different people doing stuff, and they all came together with uh, people telling other people to believe in themselves. And it could have been hokey, but for me, it worked. I really liked it. So you had Supergirl telling all the virtual people, real people in Obsidian VR, (laughs) (laughs) to believe in themselves. And uh, by the way, there's a problem with this system and you need to log off right now and just live your life. And at the same time, Brainy's female alter personality was telling him to believe in himself and be strong and carry through his mission. And uh, finally, I believe uh, Lena was telling Andrea to not kill Supergirl. And that also was a believe in people speech. And I thought it was effective. I thought all three speeches were pretty well delivered. Although, honestly, I didn't think Supergirl's was really enough to make everybody log off of their VR, but I liked it anyway. It was a well done trio of speeches, and you're absolutely right that if had it just been Kara's speech, might have fallen a little flat. But between the editing and the two other conversations going on, I thought it was a really great scene, and I agree with you. The, the I believe in you lines as they switched between the scenes, I thought it worked really well, and effectively it sold all of it. And that was pretty great. And it was nice seeing that kind of culmination of the Lena and Andrea arc, because they've been having this relationship across universes. It gets complicated, but their relationship has certainly been troubled and challenging. And this also culminates that quite nicely. I I think a lot of the challenge with Andrea is she, like Mark Zuckerberg, seems to not be able to put in his head the consequence of his choices. And she does not really have any idea what actually is happening in this story. And that's unfortunate as she goes around trying to kill people. Yeah, I also liked how the episode ended. I was not quite as sold with Kara's hope speech in the beginning. I think the I believe in you sequence was so edited together. And I think what actually made it work for me was when they played the musical refrain from the bit when Krypton blew up. So that bit of music that effectively sold the hope speech for me. And that's, you know, music and scoring is a fine line between using it well or emotionally manipulative but that made it work for me i will say i was kind of hoping but i knew it wouldn't happen it'd kind of be nice if you know we could have cat grant appear in vr and have her head just be like a gigantic cat grant head and talk to everyone at the same time like you know you know how people is in space and then you have cat grant like the size of the sun that would have been nice but ultimately i thought that kara's hope speech the words were blah kind of like <laughs> there have been so many of them now so this one no longer seemed quite as special the music made it good and the fact that you had three of these going on at kind of the same time those two things combined made it work for me whereas if it had just been Kara saying the words it would not have worked quite as well Mm -hmm. I think we all agree absolute points to the editor of this episode you did good work absolutely this is a wonderfully edited episode yes so I want to mention briefly two things that really did not work for me first of all Alex's new suit (laughs) yes let's talk about that what okay okay I want to know what the point of her outfit is exactly it's a disguise. 
I mean, all of a queen has more face paint than she has. Eyeshadow is not a disguise. <laughs> Even dramatic eyeshadow. And all the conversations were about a mask. Kara's glasses at least cover up more of her eyes. <sighs> she does have a hood. It's up briefly in one scene. <laughs> well, Oliver also has a hood and he still puts on more face paint than she does. <laughs> I mean, I think the suit she's wearing is supposed to be some kind of super suit that will help her keep up with, you know, people with powers. But if the whole point, the whole thing that sparked this was the conversation with Kelly about yep. you need to conceal yourself a little better and no, this doesn't work. No. <laughs> I mean, if anything, she stands out now in a way that the makeup literally accentuates her facial features. Mm-hmm. She looks more like her than ever. I mean, she looks great. It, it's a nice looking outfit. Her makeup looks great. I, You know, her hair looks great. But it, if anything, draws attention to her while keeping her identity very in plain view. I think we're all maybe misinterpreting it. I think the goal of the suit and the makeup and everything, all of this, there's no disguise, there's no identity stuff, none of this, because it had to be really attractive to Kelly. <laughs> and if we take it from that perspective, I think this suit is a win. <laughs> I'll buy that it's Martian body armor. Fine. But really, this is just because she wanted to wear something that Kelly would like, and she succeeded. And Kara also liked it, her squeals of joy. <laughs> Scaring Jean and the others. Jean's supposed to be psychic, isn't he? Well, yes. He's supposed to be able to read minds. We keep forgetting that, don't we? Because the show keeps forgetting that. <laughs> yeah. And I have questions about Alex's Martian weapon. Does it follow the Green Lantern rules where she can make anything she wants with it that she can imagine? That's kind of what it felt like to me. Because if so, she needs to imagine bigger things. I think she can only imagine things that are connected to her. Like, I don't think she can make objects in general. The weapon itself is also making the suit, which is a nice touch. This show has realized it never wants to deal with people transforming by changing their clothes ever again. <laughs> Everyone is now transforming by a magical click of their uh, heels and poof. The suit itself is also part of the weapon and it's effectively a Bayard from Voltron. It can be any weapon and it can be a suit, but don't think it can do anything else of any particular use. So for example, when they were fighting the Leviathan person that's essentially Storm and Electro but with green colored lightning, like could she have made a plastic box to enclose them? The lightning bender Sella. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think she they can only make things that are on her body and handheld. That would be the argument I would give. But this is headcanon upon headcanon. There's no reason it couldn't make a massive shield. We haven't seen it used that way, I don't think, because maybe Guardian has the rights to shields in this universe, but there's no good reason. Everything it might make might be also made of the same material, so it might not actually be electricity proof. And I guess this is maybe a, a fundamental flaw with like weapons that are as powerful as you can imagine them is that like the, I think there was one Justice League episode or comic where Green Lantern makes a blender, and then Batman says that you have the most powerful thing in the entire universe, all you could think of was a blender. Blender. And so, like, and there was another Justice League movie, I think, where Barry is fighting Eobard Thorne, and Barry tells Thorne that the issue is that he has the exact same powers, but he has no imagination of how to actually use them. And, like, this made me think of how much more effective would Alex have been in this fight if she could have stretched her imagination as to what she could have done mm -hmm. with this weapon that's limited only by 
the power of her mind. It's always possible this weapon really can only output the same amount of force no matter what it looks like, and she's just changing what it looks like. I have doubts the show is going to ever give us enough information to build a strong headcanon, but absolutely, this could be a very exciting weapon to see with a very imaginative writer. I agree. I mean, it's understandable that she's still basically learning how to use this thing. Maybe next season we'll see some more creative efforts and some more special effects with uh, whatever the weapon can be formed to do. I would love for her to do something truly amazing and truly innovative. And this could even be funny. Like, I remember, you know, that was a Spider-Man comic when Spider-Man essentially defeated Sandman with a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) Before we move on to thoughts about next season, other thoughts. The other scientific-ish thing. (laughs) Super science. That bothered me a lot about the episode. Well, not a lot, but I really don't think that you're going to help someone much who's had a left chest wound by cauterizing the surface. There's still going to be a lot of internal bleeding going on there. So, you know, William Day seemed to be essentially fine after Kara used her heat vision to uh, seal up the wound. I know it's a minor point, but it was just like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) As super science goes, in this case, actually, I'm on the other side. I entirely bought it. Maybe they should have shown us her using one eye and putting a beam all the way through his body. (laughs) And cauterizing it front to back. But I thought it was a wonderful little scene. Someone fires a bullet and a good guy actually gets hit. That almost never happens. It's always... Um, I suppose nice to see is the wrong word, but it is at least mildly realistic. I love the scenes where Kara says, I can cauterize it, but it's going to hurt. And William says, do it, do it. Zap. And then he yells, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's already done. (laughs) (laughs) She just cauterized enough, maybe all the way through, who knows. But I, I think they played that scene, which was a fair amount of blood for this show, which doesn't generally doesn't show very much blood. I thought they played it well, and I can buy that her heat vision could do sufficient cauterization painfully enough to at least slow down the bleeding. Yeah, I thought it was a good scene. I thought it was really funny also. I mean, I guess my only question is that the problem of cauterizing a bullet wound is you're going to have to get that bullet out at some point. It may have gone through. Okay. In which case, cauterizing the surface, again, would not help with the bleeding (laughs) if it was a through and through. I know you both appreciated it. And hey, you know, I I did not mind seeing William Day's chest, but... (laughs) (laughs) That was nice too. And again, this isn't freezing laser level of super science, so... (laughs) Right, we've seen much, much worse super science on this show. That's true. And it was nice that Eve herself took him down. Mm -hmm. That was good that it wasn't more complicated than that, but Eve just basically saw that he was following her and dealt with him. Yeah, and, you know, he tried to talk her out of it and she listened for a little while and it was like no no i've just decided i have to shoot you and she shot him (laughs) it was uh pretty effective you know and um if uh supergirl and lena hadn't managed to take the bus across town (laughs) to stop him which also i found enjoyable they took the bus to go to the l corp office oh you're right which is actually a building about five minutes from my house (laughs) it's a nice little building it's used in everything In this case, they risked using Kara's powers, because Leviathan soon follows. Mm -hmm. Right, but it all worked out. And one thing I wasn't quite sure about with the Leviathan plot, so the whole thing with Gemma saying she is going to be coming and and everything, was 
whichever uber goddess or whatever this was that uh, Gemma was talking about, was she also sucked into the bottle at the end? Well, Gemma wasn't sucked into the bottle either, as far as we can tell. It seemed like something else was happening to her. My headcanon. So we've seen four of the League of Ancients or Leviathan or whatever you want to call them, which is Gemini, Tezumak, Sela, and Ramakan. Mm -hmm. There is apparently a fifth. The fifth is their leader. We still know nothing about her. My take on this was, for some reason, Gemini wasn't pulled into the bottle. Maybe it's because she wasn't with the group of three that were charged recently or something like that. Mm -hmm. But she is all robot, almost Superman 3 robot, but not quite, as a consequence of failing their leader. And maybe their leader did that to her or something like that. There's things that have not really been revealed yet about these guys, and uh, that is definitely one of them. It was very confusing what happened to Gemini at the end of this episode. Okay, so not just me then. <laughs> nope, nope, not you. They did not explain what was going on whatsoever. All right, so I guess we'll see more of this whole Leviathan plot next season in 2022, is it going to be? <laughs> or winter of 2021, something like that? I was just going to say, I think Ramakan said maybe in a previous episode that Gemma's human appearance is just essentially a flesh suit, right? So mm -hmm. I read the last scene as all that flesh melting away and she's left with whatever her Which robot is, skeleton was underneath. kind of strange because I assumed all four of them are the same species and probably slightly related to Kryptonians in the same way as Daxamites are because it's a sister planet. Uh, but maybe she really isn't the same and she is kind of a Terminator-like creature. There's a lot that has not been said, but you're right. It does align well with what Ramakan was making fun of her. I mean, maybe they just have different elements. So Ramakan's the rock person, one person's the lightning person, and that they all just have the human appearances on the outside. And like underneath Ramakan is like a pile of rocks. And then the lightning person, it's like Electro, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's possible. And that's certainly how they move around whenever the CGI takes over and they decide to transport themselves somewhere else. Right. They certainly almost always do that by converting into what might be their natural form. This episode does not back down using Avatar The Last Airbender terminology whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Just wanted to, to give everyone a brief moment to say what they felt about Melissa's performance of Supergirl as acting Magan and John being them. Oh, yes, that was fun. Because <laughs> I, I think she did a pretty good job. Nice Deathly Hallows reference also. Yes, I particularly enjoyed Supergirl being Jean complaining about the, cha the chafing of, of the uh, tight pants. <laughs> and even, I think, her performance as Magan felt not like Supergirl. I think it was almost subtle, but it was effective to have it. Mm -hmm. The voice thing is always a little silly when shows do that, but I, I actually kind of like the scenes. I have one other point to raise uh, with William, and I think there's a small reminder that he also does not know Kara is Supergirl, and I'm wondering if he will find out at some point. Kara says she's learned. I think they're certainly leaving the door open for that, but... Uh, again, he's not going to find it easy forgiving her for, you know, repeating the thing of keeping her identity secret for his own good. So I am sure she will argue. Yeah. And I mean, they're not as close 
as Kara and Lena are, so maybe he'll be okay. But that there was just a, a small subtle reminder when I think Lena and Kara were rescuing William, and that William quotes Kara, not knowing that Kara is Supergirl. So right, and Lena lied to him saying, oh, I talked to Kara, she's fine. <laughs> Which is a wonderful use of William in that scene. Like, that. that is just such an efficient use of having Kara and Lena interact using L- William in a way he does not understand whatsoever. Right. Just just beautiful, I thought, that, that she was taking up the mantle of lying to someone. And I thought that that played in well to their overall arc in that episode. It was very efficient. Yes, I agree. Yes. Overall, I'm still kind of shocked still how close we got to having two billion people killed in this episode. It basically came down to Lex talking Gemma into delaying a little bit. And I don't know if Lex really cared if two billion people died, but uh, yeah, that was really tight. Well, it would be a massive disruption to the economy. He might care about that. I don't know. But uh, I don't quite understand how killing half of the population of the planet is much better than killing a quarter of the population of the planet. (laughs) That's some Thanos-level logic that I don't quite get my head around. I mean, it was a delay so that they could kill more people. True. That was his argument, yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't killing people bad. It's like, wait, so you can kill even more people. It's hard to tell with Lex, really. Yes. He would be okay with killing two billion people, but I don't think he would really be happy with an alien killing two billion people. <laughs> Lex has his priorities. One last thing I really want to give a call it for is whoever in Obsidian North finally got permission to fix the bug, they fixed that end simulation bug, and that little software developer also probably saved two billion people, because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to end simulation, and they would have been stuck in there and all died. <laughs> That's right. Good job, person who fixed that bug. Jira closed. <laughs> yep. Some maintenance infrastructure person heroically helped save the day. We did not get to see them. So, one uh, thing we did see at the end was... um. Lex delivering the containerized, shrunken, quote, gods, unquote, to his mother, saying, let's get to work, Doc. So they are presumably working together on some goal, which may be his plan or her plan or some combination of the two. But uh, I get, you know, he's already a hero in this world. What kind of world domination or universe domination is he planning as his next step? Well, earlier in the show, we did see technology for draining superpowers. Mm. And I, I, I think I'd be very tempted to assume that that uh, canister is now going to basically be used as a power source. As to what it is powering, who knows? I would expect it'd be a machine, but it's also possible that they're just going to literally inject the power into Lex. Maybe that'll just depend on how they want to do the CG. So just Lex, you think, not Lex and Mom? Given that obviously Lillian is the wiser, more level-headed of the two, I'm going to assume they're not going to give Lillian the power because then she'd win. <laughs> They'll give it to Lex, and then Lex will lose. Yeah, you're probably right about that. (laughs) And besides, she's cold-hearted enough to see how he deals with the power before wanting to experiment on herself. But anyway, this show has finally given us at least this step of Lena (laughs) Demption. We had to wait far longer than I would have hoped and liked, but we did get there. And it'll be nice to see that that is no longer a plot going forward. Right. Well, there may be echoes of it, and there'll still be the 
William Day, will he or won't he find out about Kara's secret identity. But yeah, I'm relieved that uh, Lena and Kara came out friends at the end, and I think they're going to be working together well again next season. I hope so, anyway. If we had had another episode, if they would have really wrapped up the Leviathan and Lex thing and given us something totally new next season, but as it is, we're certainly going to see something of Lex and Lillian next season, which I'm all in favor of seeing both of those again. And maybe something more about Leviathan and the apparently escaped Gemma and the fifth superior personage of Leviathan. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, I did want to mention one moment, one other nice moment from the episode. When Alex had on the suit and she was going to go save some people and Kara was begging her to be careful and Alex said, you know me and... Kara says that's what I'm worried about. Lena was all watching this from the side, and I was imagining her wishing that she had a relative that she should she could worry about and take comfort from. It seemed to me that I saw that in Katie the actor's face. It was just a subtle but very nice moment, I thought. Oh, Lena has relatives she can worry about. Oh, she can worry about them. <laughs> Not in that way. <laughs> but I mean, she has friends now. So, I mean, and, and again, I, I agree it would be nice to see Lena part of the team again and part of the friend group. Uh, I thought that was a really nice dynamic when we had that going. And now we can have that and not have lies between mm -hmm. them. So that'll be nice to look forward to for the next season. Maybe we'll see a few more game nights. I don't know how well Lena does at Pictionary. We will find out. <laughs> but she likes red wine, I think, so she'll fit right in. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that's about it, and unless anyone else has any other points to ponder. I have one other quick remark about that same scene, uh, when Alex tells Kara no superhearing, that I imagine must have been interesting growing up with someone when you can have no secrets from them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that felt like a, a, a frequent refrain that must have happened in the household when they were teenagers. Right. Okay, well, I would like to thank both of you for another interesting conversation about this show. And I would like to thank our listeners. As always, if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can join us on Twitter at SG Supercast, or you can join the incomparable members Slack and talk on some of the sub-channels there, TV or Biff or, or whatever. And well, I hope that everyone will stay safe. Bye-bye. Fine, fun as always, and thanks for having me. Absolutely.